All right, greetings to all of our locations. We are glad you are here. Before we jump into today's message, I wanted to mention that I'm very excited about a new teaching series that we're starting next weekend. It's called Taboo, The Things We Don't Talk About. We all know there are certain things that we may be struggling with personally, and yet we don't feel like we can, we can talk about that, especially not in church. Um, so beginning next week, we're going to bring some of these topics in the, uh, into the open and talk honestly about how God can meet us in those struggles. There's an invitation card in your worship folder with each week's topic. Um, these topics include, I'm depressed, I'm lonely, I think I'm gay, I'm addicted, and... I feel like I'm a failure as a parent. That's the last one. So I'm very excited about this series, and I encourage you to consider using that card and inviting um, a friend to join you these weeks for that series. Well, today, we are in our final week of our 40-day journey of experiencing more of the Spirit. This has been a really cool season in our church. Uh, I've received a number of emails from of people sharing how God has been speaking to them or the ways that he's been moving in their more groups. Um, if you have a story, by the way, if you have a story of the Spirit's activity in your life or in your more group, please feel free to share those uh, stories at uh, com. We have a website created for you to do that. You can go there and, and, and check out some other resources related to the book more, which many of us are walking through. So as we've been saying all along, experiencing the Spirit is normal Christianity. If you've placed your trust in Jesus, the very Spirit of God lives in you. He is a person who longs for us to experience him personally in, in real ways. And so in this 40-day experience, we've talked about how we can experience the Spirit's love, and we've talked about how we can hear the Spirit's voice. Last week, we looked at experiencing the Spirit's power through the ministry of healing prayer. Well, today I want to talk about another way we experience the power of the Spirit, and that is by being filled with the Spirit. That's the word that is most often used in the New Testament to describe our experience with the Holy Spirit, filling being filled with the Spirit. I love that word. I mean, in order to be filled with something, you have to experience it, right? I mean, when, when our youngest son, Joshua, is done eating, he tells us, full. And now, he uses that word to describe any time he's done with anything. So, hey, let's do our homework, full. <laughs> Take a bath, full. You know, I love it that this is the word used over and over again in the New Testament to describe our experience of the Holy Spirit, filled. The Bible doesn't say, be remotely touched by the Spirit, or be near to the Spirit. No, the Bible says, be filled, experience the power of God's Spirit in a real way. This power is available to us through the Spirit. So how do we experience this fullness? How can we experience the power of the Spirit in in this way? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today, how to be filled with the Spirit. I think there's a lot of confusion in the body of Christ about this particular issue. And one of the reasons for this confusion is that many Christians don't realize that there are actually two different words used in the New Testament to describe this experience of filling. And they each have a different meaning, a different way of experiencing the Spirit. So if we focus only on one of them, 
We miss out on the true experience of fullness. And so what I want to do in this message is talk about both of these words and how we can experience the Spirit in each of these ways. So you're going to be little Greek scholars after this, okay? The first word we're going to look at is the Greek word plerao. Plerao. This is the word that Paul uses in Ephesians 5 verses 18 and 19, which is a very important passage that talks about being filled with the Spirit. So if you have your Bible or your iPad or smartphone or whatever, please turn to Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 18. So let me read this out loud while you're, <clears throat> while you're uh, looking at this. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul really helps us understand the meaning of this word fill here, this play rao word, fill here, by giving us a vivid illustration, kind of a contrast here, and that's being drunk. When a person is drunk, they they have imbibed a certain amount of alcohol, and that alcohol fills their system. It enters their bloodstream, and it impacts their ability to think and to speak and to react. The alcohol fills their body by permeating it from within. Now, in contrast, Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. He is describing an inward filling, a a permeating of the presence of the Spirit in our lives, where the Spirit impacts every part of our being. That's what this word, plerao, that's what this word means. So let me give you a tangible picture of this kind of filling. Without losing it here. There it is. All right. A sponge. A sponge. I mean, think about how a sponge works. I mean, a dry sponge is really not, it's not very helpful for anything. But when we place it in water, what happens? It gets filled, right, from within. The water permeates the sponge. Now, from an external perspective, you can't really tell whether or not a sponge is filled. It's still rectangular in shape. It's the same color. But, but when you grab hold of it, you immediately know, right? You feel the difference. The water has permeated the interior of that sponge. Well, that's what Paul is describing for us. He wants us to experience the Spirit permeating us from within, filling every part of our lives with his presence, Now, think about what happens when you bump or squeeze a sponge that's dry. Nothing, right? But what about when you bump or squeeze a sponge that is filled? What happens? Water comes out, right? Because water permeates the sponge. Because water permeates the sponge, any squeeze or bump results in water coming out. So what happens, what, let me just ask it this way, what comes out of us when we're bumped? What, what, what comes out of us when we don't get the recognition we think we deserve at work? What comes out of us when we're filled, you know, when, when our flight just got canceled, right, or delayed, we're sitting in an airport, or, or someone cuts us off in traffic? What comes out of us when we're tired and our children are being noisy, 
See, what, what comes out of us when we're bumped by life? See, when we're not filled with the Spirit in that moment, what comes out of us is a whole lot of flesh, anger and impatience and malice. But when we are filled with the Spirit in that moment of being bumped or squeezed, when we're filled with the Spirit in that moment, God stuff comes out of us, right? Spirit stuff, you know, like peace and grace and joy and and kindness, The difference is what fills us, right? I mean, think about this. A a sponge is a sponge. (laughs) Nothing about the sponge itself was changed in terms of its physical properties. The only thing that changed was what filled it. And the same thing is true with us. Every moment of every day, we have the opportunity to either be filled with us or be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the difference between those two things is huge. It's huge. Okay, so, so how do we experience this filling of the Spirit that Paul is describing, is describing here? Well, a couple things to notice. One is that this is a continuous experience. The language that Paul uses here, the language Paul uses isn't a concrete, excuse me, isn't a one-time event. You know, I've been filled, so I never have to be filled again no, it, it doesn't work that way. Just like a sponge, we, we get dried up. We need the Spirit to continually fill us. This is a continual experience. And the other thing to notice about this command here, be filled, is that, is that it's in the passive voice. The command is not fill yourself. That would be in the active voice. You go do this. But that's not what Paul says here. The command is be filled by the Spirit. See, the, the Spirit is the, is the one who activates this, who does this. Our job is to allow him to do that, to allow him to fill us. I mean, we, we are the gatekeepers on this. We are the ones who determine whether or not we will be filled. So what, what kind of heart posture is required for us to be filled with the Spirit? It's a heart posture of surrender. Surrender, continual surrender. That's what allows the Spirit to fill us, to permeate our lives with his presence. The, the Spirit is a perfect gentleman. He, he will not force his way in to areas of our lives. He waits for us to open the door. I love how Jesus describes this in Revelation 3. He's having a, a very serious conversation with a church, a particular church, um, with some of his followers who think they're doing okay. They think they're doing okay, but in reality, they're not. They're proud, they're self-sufficient, they're apathetic. They are not filled with the Spirit. They're, they're a dry sponge. There is no passion for holiness in their lives. There's no humility. They are spiritually lukewarm. That's who Jesus is addressing. I love how Jesus responds to them. It's a great picture of this idea of being filled. Look look at what he says to them in Revelation 3, verse 20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door... I will come in and eat with that person 
and they with me. Okay, so here's the picture. He's standing at the door knocking. I mean, that's what the Spirit does in various areas of our lives. He is standing at that door, right? That place of anger or lust or greed or apathy. He is standing at the door. And this is not NCISLA, okay? No, no answer and the door's coming down, all right? That this is not what that is, okay? He will not force his way into these areas of our lives. He waits for us to open the door. The doorknob is on our side. Will we allow his presence into these places of, of disobedience, of sin, of shame? See, that's what it looks like to be filled. I mean, this is, this is repentance. That's what he's talking about here. You, you, you choose to open the door of that area of your life to him. You choose to welcome him into that place of jealousy or anger or, or hurt or rebellion. So, so just let's just take a moment here and think, think of an area in which you are struggling right now. Actually, let me be even more, more frank. Sometimes we use the word struggle when what we're really talking about is disobedience. I'm really struggling with this. Translation, I'm choosing to disobey God in this particular area. Okay, so think about an area of disobedience. Where are you and I, where, where are we, we struggling to obey? And how do we respond to that? Here's how not to respond. White-knuckled obedience, right? Try harder to do better. No, that, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Usually it just drives our shame even deeper when we mess up again. White-knuckled obedience doesn't work. Here's what does work. Opening the door. Opening the door. Allowing the Spirit's presence into that place. See, we think, I could never do that. I could never invite the Spirit into the struggle with pornography or into the struggle with gossip or, or greed. Why not? He knows about it anyway, right? He knows all about it anyway. He is, wa- he is wanting to bring his life and his love and his transformation into that place. Now, in this passage in Ephesians 5, Paul reminds us that God has given us a powerful tool, a a powerful means of helping in this process, and that is through worship and praise. So right after commanding us to be filled with the Spirit, Paul says this. He says, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's verses 19 and 20 of Ephesians 5. See, I believe Paul is teaching us here one of the ways that we can be filled with the Spirit. And that is through worship. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks to Him. I mean, talk about a powerful way to be filled with the Spirit. I mean, two weeks ago, before our, our Saturday night service, I was feeling really discouraged and, and weary. I just felt overwhelmed and, and kind of crabby, actually. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't really even sure that I had the emotional strength to get up here and give a message. 
So as I'm sitting in the worship service, at the beginning, the worship team started singing the first song. And sometimes, you know, I admit, I know this never happens to you, but my mind is kind of thinking about other things. All these logistical details about the service, sometimes that's happening to me at the start of the service. But this time, I just decided to, to engage in worship, just to focus my heart on the Lord. And as I did that, I felt the Spirit filling me encouraging me and and kind of recalibrating my heart. It was just what I needed. Worship was a way, see, worship was a way for me to open the door in that area, in that thing that was going on in my life. Worship became a way for me to open that door and let the spirit into those places of weariness and, and discouragement. So often, as believers, so often we go through life with doors shut, right? I mean, we go through life with all these do not enter signs posted on the various areas of our lives. And the the Spirit longs to fill those specific areas with his grace, with his forgiveness, with his life, with his power. But he is waiting for us to allow him in. Right? He's waiting for us to allow him in. Be filled with the Spirit. Let him fill you with his life-giving presence. And then keep letting him fill you over and over again. He is available 24-7. No matter how far you feel you've drifted, drifted from God, he's just a door away. And the doorknob's on your side. He's that close. He, he's just waiting for us to open that door. And again, we think, oh, the door, you know, I'm just talking about the door of my heart. What I'm talking about, imagine your, your heart, your life is a bunch of rooms, right? And we have certain rooms we allow him in, our spiritual rooms, you know, our small, small group room or whatever. But we all know we have other rooms that we don't really allow him in. Certain areas maybe we're ashamed of, certain sins we've decided, ah, I'm just gonna struggle with this or whatever. And he's just, those are the rooms. He's just waiting. He's not going to force his way in, but he's waiting. He wants to bring his life and his transformation and his power into those areas. But the doorknob is on our side in those areas, whatever they happen to be. So be filled with the Spirit. The more we open those doors to him, the more we are transformed into the image of Jesus, which is really cool. Now, there's a second word used in the New Testament to describe the Spirit's filling. And both of these are translated in your English version, our English versions, they're both translated filled, um, which is why we don't really know there's a difference. But they actually are different words. And this is the Greek word pimplemi. Pimplemi. Okay, pimplemi refers not not to an inward filling that we just described, but rather an external filling. An external filling. This is, not, this is not a sponge experience, okay? This is a, it's a bucket experience, okay? This is a bucket experience. I mean, think about the whole ALS challenge, right? The bucket challenge phenomenon just a couple of months ago for a good cause. And people would, you know, allow themselves to be drenched by a bucket of cold water. And they would just, it seemed like the, they would videotape themselves. And the buckets just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But they would videotape themselves. And thousands of people were, were doing this to raise money. Now, the idea of a, the idea of a bucket speaks of an external filling 
of the Spirit, an external experience. Rather than, rather than a sponge that's internal, this word filling re- refers to an external experience where the, where the Spirit comes upon us for a particular task or for a particular experience at a particular moment in time. He comes upon us. So, for example, in Luke 1, verse 67, we read this. His father, Zechariah, was filled, pimp me, filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. See, so notice here, Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, is he was filled with the Holy Spirit and immediately expresses this prophetic song. Clearly, the Spirit coming upon him in that moment enabled him to declare this song from the Lord. Another example is in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. The believers had gathered together to pray. And there we read, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled, pimpling me, filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now notice how the Spirit came upon them in that moment. The room shook, right? They were filled with the Spirit, and they sp- immediately they spoke the word of God boldly. This, again, this is describing this spontaneous Spirit coming upon someone spontaneously. Not, not as a permanent thing, but rather a temporary, spontaneous pouring out of the Spirit's presence in that moment, resulting in ministry going forward. And clearly, if you, if you study this in Acts, Luke uses both of these Greek words. So he is very intentional about which one he uses when. And I think it's because he's describing two different kinds of filling. Okay, now, what we're talking about here with pimple me, or the bucket or whatever, that's probably easier to remember the bucket than the Greek word, but what we're talking about here is sometimes referred to as the manifest presence of the Spirit. Obviously, the Spirit lives within all of us who have placed our trust in Christ. That is absolutely true. But there are times, and many of us have probably experienced this, there are times, but there are times when, when the Spirit manifests His presence in a more dramatic, external sort of way, where, we, where maybe we sense His presence in a room. We sense His presence holiness or there's a sense of reverence who knows we sense his presence or we may actually sense him in our physical bodies he is manifesting his presence in our midst now i'm not saying this is a common occurrence i don't believe that it is the the other filling that we talked about a moment ago that filling is a continuous experience we can have but the filling we're talking about here is not that way it is not a common occurrence but it can happen and that's why I think it's important for us to talk about it. And it's, it's biblical. I think it's important for us to talk about it. Sometimes God works in these dramatic ways during seasons of, of revival. You can read about the great awakenings in, in, that happened during the 18th and 19th centuries. Often during those meetings, I mean, hundreds and thousands of people were coming to Christ. During those, those meetings, there were, there were often dramatic displays of the Spirit's power. People would shake under the conviction of the Spirit. It would just be so that the Spirit would come upon them and they would just shake. Or people would fall over under the power of the Spirit. Even in our own, our own denominational history, there are descriptions of the Spirit moving in powerful ways. 
um, like this in meetings. Now, I had to dig a little bit to find those, but they're there. You can read more about them in the book, in my book, um, in chapter 12. But, but they're there in meetings where people were falling over under the power of the Spirit. You see, sometimes the Spirit chooses to manifest His presence in a very real way to us. It is not an internal experience as much as external. I know I'm struggling a little bit with spatial terms, but that's the best way I can describe this. It's more of an external experience of the Spirit. And I just think it's important that we're open to both of these. We're open to this sort of thing. Sometimes I will sense the Spirit's presence in a particular way in my face. When, when, I, when the spirit is powerfully moving in, in worship or whatever, I actually have this tingling sensation in my face when I'm sensing the spirit's presence. I didn't, I didn't realize that's what it was for a long time and then I put two and two together and figured out that's what's going on. Uh, other, other people may, and I, they've told me that they experience their hands getting hot when they pray for healing. And I, and I know these things are a bit weird, but we dare not throw them out just because they're different than our own experience, our own experiences, because God moves in mysterious ways. Who, who are we to put him in a box and say, now you can do this and this, but you can't do that? I mean, he can do whatever he wants. He's God. I remember being at a, at a conference a number of years ago. We were worshiping the Lord together, and at one point, a woman was invited on stage to speak. And it was kind of, it was just weird because she was delivering these, these sort of prophetic messages. I'd never seen anything like this. She was delivering these prophetic messages that she felt like the Lord was spontaneously talking to right then while her body was moving. I mean, she was, you know, all these things were happening at the same time. And I just thought to myself, this is so crazy. I mean, really, I, I gotta get out of here or whatever. You know, I was very, I was very skeptical. And, and, and then all of a sudden, as she was speaking, I'll never forget this. I felt like electricity was going through my body. I couldn't even, I couldn't even stand up. It was so powerful. I had to lay down. I had to lay down on the ground. And this went on for like 15 minutes with me. I think things went on. I wasn't really paying attention to what else was going on. But I just had to lay down. And then after 15 minutes or so, it just subsided. I didn't know what this was about. I didn't know why it had happened, but I was filled with this incredible peace. And now, looking back, I now realize that I was, I was entering into a really difficult season the next couple months, and maybe the Spirit was just empowering me for that. I don't know. All I know is that it was real. It happened. It really happened. Now, I'm certainly not saying that these kinds of things should be our regular experience. I'm not saying that. But I do believe that we should at least be open to the Spirit moving in this way if He so chooses. I mean, if the Spirit chooses to manifest His presence during a worship service, are we okay with that? Maybe people start weeping under the power of the Spirit. Are we okay with that? Maybe people would, might start shaking or something. Are we okay with that? Even if it doesn't look like we think it should, are we okay with that? Now, obviously, we need to test and weigh anything like that. That's one of the roles of our elders. It's to be a protective covering over our church, evaluating these kinds of things. And we take that role very seriously. Jesus also urged us to evaluate things by looking at the fruit, right? That's one way we, we would evaluate that. And, and we, we, of course, want to make sure that nothing is violating Scripture in this. 
But we need to be very careful that we don't automatically assume that things are not from the Spirit just because they don't match our own experiences. We need to be very careful about that. Often, often in revivals in the past, you can read about this, where God was doing a significant work. Often in those revivals, tremendous criticism would be leveled against what was happening. And guess where the criticism came from? Not the world. <laughs> it came from the church. Every time. It came, the criticism came from the church. Christians would be criticizing these revivals because they didn't fit what they saw happening, didn't fit their own experience. We need to be very careful about, about that lest we find ourselves resisting a genuine work of God. A very wise seminary professor of mine used to say regarding these kinds of things, he used to say that he, that he liked to have the window open but leave the screen on. Have the window open but leave the screen on. I think that's a great approach. Rather than shutting the door entirely on anything that's outside of our comfort zone, we can be open to these things. But at the same time, using appropriate discernment. We, we don't want to miss anything the Spirit is doing. We want to experience all that he has for us. Okay, so, so how can we experience this pimpling me kind of feeling, this bucket feeling of the Spirit? Remember when we talked about the first kind of feeling, the sponge experience, the operative word was surrender, right? Surrender. When we surrender, the Spirit comes and fills us. But this one is different. This pimply me kind of feeling, is not, it's not something we can make happen in our lives. But we can create a context in which he is welcome to do so. And that context happens when we are available to him. That's the operative word, availability. Availability. Are we available to him? I love the image Jesus uses in John chapter 3 when he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He said the Spirit is like the wind. The Spirit is like the wind. We can't control the wind. You can't go out and put a box, put the wind in a box and control the wind. No, the wind moves wherever it wants. So if that's the way the Spirit is, you know, and it's like the wind, how can we be more significantly influenced by the wind? You put up a sail. You don't control the wind. You put up a sail. You say, Lord, I'm available. I'm movable. Have your way. Have your way in me. You see, folks, I want to be a part of a church where our sails are up. I want to be a part of a church where our sails are up. Where, where we are available to the wind of the Spirit, wherever he would choose to move, whatever he would choose to do. One of, one of my favorite prayers in the entire Bible is found in Ephesians 3, 16 to 21. I think it's a great way for us to kind of summarize this entire six-week discussion about the Spirit. Look with me at, or listen as I read these words of Paul in Ephesians 3. This is really my prayer for all of us. Listen to these words. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I love that. He's talking about plerao. That's the word he uses here, the sponge word. He's talking about plerao, the Holy Spirit's power dwelling in our inner being, transforming us and filling us, transforming us into the people that he wants us to be. He's talking about the Holy Spirit helping us experience the depths of God's love for us that we would know how high and wide and long and deep is the love of Christ. I mean, that's, that's, this is all, that's all sponge stuff. That's all he was talking about there. It's all sponge stuff, this amazing internal work of God's Spirit as we surrender to him. Now, even though the emphasis here is on the internal work of the Spirit, Paul gives us a vision of what might happen if God chooses to use a bucket sometimes. If he chooses to use a bucket periodically as well. Verse 20 and 21. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. That's what the Spirit can do in our lives. He most often uses the sponge method, but sometimes he uses a bucket. Above and beyond, a bucket. But either way, the spirit within you wants to fill you. He wants to bring life into places of death. He wants to bring light into places of darkness. He wants to bring healing. (laughs) He wants to bring healing into places of light and places of darkness. That was good. That was really good. (laughs) Healing into places of pain and, and, and power into places of passivity. He is eager to do more in our lives. But we we have to open our hearts, the doors of these areas of our lives. We open our hearts and surrender to him. Let's do that. Let's put up our sails and be available to him. Who knows what amazing things he might do as a result. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word and for your spirit. This amazing word, play play ra'o and pimp, I mean, this filling concept, thank you for that. And and we want to be filled with the spirit in both ways. We want to experience you in both ways. So I want us to begin with the play ra'o, with the sponge. And I want you just to think of your life here for a moment, just in the quiet of your heart. Let me just ask, are there any do not enter signs that you've posted in any area of your life where you're saying to the Lord, no, don't enter there. No, not my finances. No, sorry. Not my sexuality, not whatever. We know the areas. Are there any areas where we have kept the door shut and said, Holy Spirit, you you can fill these other places, but not this area? So Holy Spirit, bring to our mind any 
doors that are shut right now? Any areas of our lives where we have posted a do not enter sign? So are, are we willing, are you willing to repent and open that door, the doorknobs on your side? Are you willing to repent and open that door and allow the presence of the Spirit in? If so, do that right now. Just surrender to Him. Welcome Him in to the pain, to the shame, to the sin, whatever it is. Just welcome Him in to that area. Allow His presence to fill you. You don't need to be afraid. He loves you. He knows all about those areas anyway. Lord, I pray you would continue to help us be filled with your spirit continually as we recognize doors are shut, as we recognize places we put do not enter signs. Anytime throughout our day, Lord, that we would be allowing you like a sponge, just allowing you to fill us. And Lord, I just, I know, we all know from personal experience, when we keep that door shut, maybe we feel a sense of control and we really like the things we're doing behind that door, but man, it messes up our lives in major ways. We miss the joy and the peace and the forgiveness in life that Jesus can bring. So Lord, we open our hearts to you. We want to be filled Holy Spirit, fill us from within every part of our lives. Thank you, Lord. Now the second filling is the pimplame, it's the bucket. Or we're just available, right? We're available, our, our sail is up. We realize the wind of the Spirit moves wherever he wants, but our sail is up. And we're saying, man, we're here, we're available. Have your way in us, Holy Spirit, come. And so we want to experience that, or at least open the door for that as we worship, as we worship in our services. And so I want all of us here to stand. The worship team in just a moment is gonna lead us into a time of worship where we are putting up our sails and opening our hearts and lives to the Holy Spirit just welcoming him through our worship. We talked about that. Ephesians 5, worship is one of the ways that we can begin opening those doors and making ourselves available. Let me remind you that um, intercessors are available around the room that we're wearing red lanyards. If at any point you'd like to receive prayer by these folks, they would love to pray with you. You can just go to one of those folks. They would love to pray healing, whatever you're needing. So let me just take a moment and pray for them. Lord, we pray for these intercessors. We pray you would fill them and use them as people slip out of their seat and just go to these folks to receive prayer. You would use them. You would do amazing things through them. And we pray, Lord, that our hearts would be open, that our sails would be up. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you to come. We ask for more of you, more of you in our lives, more of you in our church. 
We love you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you.